कहानी कैफे कहानी कैफे कहानी वाला रजत के साथ हेलो एंड वेलकम एवरीवन सो अगेन वी आर मीटिंग इन द सेकंड एपिसोड ऑफ कहानी कैफे है वी विल बी सर्विंग यू द फ्रेश एंड रिफ्रेशिंग कॉफीज और द स्टोरीज लाइक द कॉफी बीन्स which we are selecting shortlisting and we want these stories to be told and to be shared with you all today the story which i am going to narrate for you is called the engine trouble a story by the very famous author of malguri rk narayan so let's start the kahani cafe kahani cafe is brought to you by macmillan education story engine trouble The talkative men said that there came down to our town some years ago a showman owning an institution called the Gaty Land. Overnight our gymkhana grounds became resplendent with banners, streamers and colored lamps. From all over the district crowds poured into the show. Within a week of opening, in gate money alone they collected nearly 500 rupees a day. Gaty Land provided us with all sorts of fun and gambling and side shows. For a couple of annas in each booth we could watch anything from performing parrots to crack motorcyclists looping the loop in the dome of death in addition to this there were lotteries and shooting galleries where for an anna you always stood a chance of winning 100 rupees there was a particular corner of the show which was in great favor here for a ticket costing 8 annas you stood a chance of acquiring a variety of articles pin cushions swing machines cameras or even a road engine on one evening they drew ticket number 1005 and i happened to own the other half of the ticket glancing down the list of articles they declared that i became the owner of the road engine yes don't ask me how a road engine came to be included among the prizes it is more than i can tell you I looked stunned. People gathered around and gazed at me as if I were some curious animal. <laughs> Fancy anyone becoming the owner of road engine. Some persons muttered and giggled. It was not the sort of prize one could carry home at short notice, but obvious. I asked the showman if he would help me to transport it. He merely pointed at a notice which decreed that all winners should remove the prizes immediately on drawing and by their own effort. However, they had to make an exception in my case. They agreed to keep the engine on the gymkhana grounds till the end of their season, and then I would have to make my own arrangements to take it out. When I asked the showman if he could find me a driver, he just smiled. He said, "The fellow who brought it here had to be paid a hundred rupees for the job and five rupees a day." I sent him away and made up my mind that if no one was going to draw it, I would just leave it to its fate. I got it down just as a novelty for the show. God, what a bother it has provided. Can't I sell it to some municipality? I asked innocently. He burst into a laugh. <laughs> as a showman, I have enough troubles with municipal people. I would rather keep out of their way. <laughs> my friend and well-wishers poured in to congratulate me on my latest acquisition. No one knew precisely how much a road engine would fetch. All the same they felt that there was a lot of money in it even if you sell it as a scrap iron you can make a few thousands some of my friends they declared 
Every day I made a trip to Gymkhana grounds to have a look at my engine. I grew very fond of it. I loved its shining brass parts. I stood near it and patted it affectionately. Hovered about it and returned home every day only at the close of the show. I was a poor man. I thought that after all my troubles were coming to an end. How ignorant we are. How little did I guess that my troubles had just begun. When the showman took down his boots and packed up, I received a notice from the municipality to attend my road engine. When I went there next day, it looked forlorn with no one about. The ground was littered with torn streamers and paper decorations. The showman had moved on, leaving the engine where it stood. It was perfectly safe anywhere. I left it alone for a few days, not knowing what to do with it. I received a notice from the municipality ordering that the engine be removed at once from the ground as otherwise they would charge rent for the occupation of the Gymkhana grounds. After deep thought, I consented to pay the rent and I paid 10 rupees a month for the next three months. Dear sirs, I was a poor man. Even the house which I and my wife occupied cost me only 4 rupees a month and fancy my paying 10 rupees a month for the road engine. It cut into my slender budget and I had to pledge a jewel or two belonging to my wife. And every day my wife was asking me what I proposed to do with this terrible property of mine. And I had no answer to give her. I went up and down the town offering it for sale to all and sundry. Someone suggested that the secretary of the local cosmopolitan club might be interested in it. When I approached him, he laughed and asked what he could do with the road engine. I'll, I'll dispose of it at a concession for you, sir. You have a tennis court to be rolled every morning. I began and even before I saw him smile, I knew it. It was a stupid thing to say. Next, someone suggested, see the municipal office one day. See the municipal chairman. He may buy it for the municipality. With great trepidation, I went to the municipal office one day. I buttoned up my coat as I entered the chairman's room and mentioned my business. I was prepared to give away the engine at a great concession. I started a great harangue on municipal duties. The regime of this chairman and the importance of owning a road roller. But before I was done with him, I knew there was greater chance of my selling it to some child on the roadside for playing with. I was making myself a bankrupt maintaining this engine in the Gymkhana grounds. I really hoped someday there would come my way a lump sum to take amends for all the deficit and suffering. Fresh complications arose when a kettle show came in the offing. It was to be held on the grounds. I was given 24 hours to get the thing out of the grounds. The show was opening in a week and the advance party was arriving and insisted upon having the engine out of the way. I became desperate. There was not a single person for 50 miles around who knew anything about a road engine. I begged every passing bus driver to help me, but without use. I even approached the station master to put in a word with the male engine driver. But the engine driver pointed out that he had his own locomotive to mind and couldn't think of jumping off at a wayside station for anybody's sake. Meanwhile, the municipality was pressing me to clear out. I thought it over. I saw the priest of the local temple and managed to gain his sympathy. He offered me the services of his temple elephant. I also engaged 50 coolies to push the engine from behind. You may be sure this drained all my resources. The coolies wanted 8 anas per head. And the temple elephant cost me 7 rupees a day and I had to give it one feed. My plan was to take the engine out of the gymkhana and then down the road to a field half a furlong off. 
The field was owned by a friend. He would not mind if I kept the engine there for a couple of months when I could go to Madras and find a customer for it. I also took into service of Joseph, a dismissed bus driver who said that although he knew nothing of road rollers, he could nevertheless steer one if it was somehow kept in motion. So he can steer it. It was a fine sight. The temple elephant yoked to the engine by means of stout ropes, with 50 determined men pushing it from behind and my friend Joseph sitting in the driving seat. A huge crowd stood around and watched in great glee. The engine began to move, it seemed to me the greatest moment in my life. When it came out of the gymkhana and reached the road, it began to behave in a strange manner. Instead of going straight down the road, it showed a tendency to wobble and move zigzag. The elephant dragged it one way, Joseph turned the wheel for all he was worth without any idea of where he was going. And 50 men behind it clunged to it in every possible manner and pushed it just where they liked. As a result of all this confused dragging, the engine ran straight into the opposite compound wall and reduced a good length of it to powder. At this, the crowd let out a joyous yell. The elephant, disliking the behavior of the crowd, trumpeted loudly, strained and snapped its robes and kicked down a further length of the wall. The 50 men fled in panic. The crowd created a pandemonium. Someone slapped me in the face. It was the owner of the compound wall. The police came on the scene and marched me off. When I was released from the lockup, I found the following consequences awaiting me. First, several yards of compound wall to be built by me. Second, wages of 50 men who ran away. They would not explain how they were entitled to the wages when they had not done their job, but their wages. Third, Joseph's fee for steering the engine over the wall. Fourth, cost of medicine for treating the knee of the elephant, which had received some injuries while kicking down the wall. <laughs> Here again, the temple authorities would not listen when I pointed out that I didn't engage an elephant to break a wall. Fifth, and the last one, but not the least, the demand to move the engine out of its present station. Sirs, I was a poor man. I really could not find any means of paying these bills. When I went home, my wife asked, What is this I hear about you everywhere? I took the opportunity to explain my difficulties. She took it as a hint that I was again asking for her jewels. And she lost her temper and cried that she would write to her father to come and take her away. I was at my wit's end. People smiled at me when they met me in the streets. I was seriously wondering why I should not run away to my village. I decided to encourage my wife to write to her father and arrange for her exit. Not a soul was going to know what was my plan. I was going to put off my creditors and disappear one fine night. At this point, unexpected relief in the shape of a Swamiji came. One fine evening under the distinguished patronage of our municipal chairman, a show was held in our small town hall. It was a free performance and the hall was packed with people. I sat in the gallery. Spellbound, we witnessed the Swamiji's yogic feats. He bit off glass tumblers and ate them with contentment. He lay on the spike boards, gargled and drank all kind of acids, licked white hot iron rods, chewed and swallowed sharp nails, stopped his heartbeat and buried himself underground. We sat there and watched him in stupefaction. At the end of it all, he got up and delivered a speech in which he declared that he was carrying on his master's message to the people 
in this manner. His performance was the more remarkable because he had nothing to gain by all this extraordinary except the satisfaction of humanity. And now he said he was coming to the very masterpiece and the last act. He looked at the municipal chairman and asked, Have you a road engine? I would like to have it driven over my chest. The chairman looked abashed and felt ashamed to acknowledge that he had none. The Swamiji insisted, I must have a road engine. The municipal chairman tried to put him off by saying, there, there is no driver. The Swamiji replied, don't worry about it. My assistant has been trained to handle any kind of road engine. At this point, I stood up in the gallery and shouted, don't ask him for an engine, ask me. In a moment, I was on the stage and became as important a person as the fire eater himself. I was pleased with the recognition. I now received from all quarters. The municipal chairman went into the background. In return for lending him the engine, he would drive it where I wanted. Though I felt inclined to ask for a money contribution, I knew it would be useless to expect it from one who was doing missionary work. Soon the whole gathering was at the compound wall opposite the Gymkhana. Swamiji's assistant was an expert in handling engines. In a short while, my engine stood steaming up proudly. It was a gratifying sight. The Swamiji called for two pillows, placed one near his head and the other one at his feet. He gave detailed instructions to how the engine should be run over him. He made a chalk mark on his chest and said, It must go exactly on this, not an inch this way or that. The engine hissed and waited. The crowd watching the show became suddenly unhappy and morose. This seemed to be a terrible thing to be doing. The Swamiji lay down on the pillows and said, When I say Om, drive it on. He closed his eyes. The crowd watched tensely. I looked at the whole show in absolute rapture. After all, the road engine was going to get on the move. At this point, a police inspector came into the crowd with a brown envelope in his hand. He held up his hand, beckoned to the Swamiji's assistant and said, I'm sorry, I have to tell you that you can't go on with this. The magistrate had issued an order prohibiting the engine from running over him. The Swamiji picked himself up. There was a lot of commotion. The Swamiji became indignant. I have done it in hundreds of places already. Nobody questioned me about it. Nobody can stop me from doing what I like. It is my master's order to demonstrate the power of the yoga to the people of the country. Who can question me? A magistrate can, said the police inspector and held up the order. What business it is of yours or his to interfere in this manner? I don't know all that. This is his order. He permits you to do everything except swallow potassium cyanide and run this engine over your chest. You are free to do whatever you like outside of our jurisdiction. I am leaving this cursed place this very moment. The Swamiji said in the great rage and started to go, followed by his assistant. I gripped his assistant's arm and said, You have steamed it up. Why not take it over to that field and then go? He glared at me, shook off my hand and muttered, With my guru so unhappy, how dare you ask me to drive? He went away. I muttered, You can't drive it except over his chest, I suppose. I made preparations to leave the town in a couple of days, leaving the engine to its fate with all its commitments. However, nature came to my rescue in an unexpected manner. You may have heard of the earthquake of that year which destroyed whole towns in the North India. There was a reverberation of it in our town too. We were thrown out of our beds that night and doors and windows rattled. Next morning, I went over to take a look at my engine for the last time before leaving the town. I could hardly believe my eyes. 
the engine was not there. I looked about and raised a hue and cry. Search parties went around. The engine was found in a disused well nearby. With its backup, I prayed to heaven to save me from fresh complications. But the owner of the house, when he came around and saw what had happened, laughed heartily and beamed at me. You have done me a service. It was the dirtiest water on earth in that well. And the municipality was sending notice to close it. Week after week, I was dreading the cost of closing. But your engine fits it like a cork. Just leave it there. But, but... There are no buts. I'll withdraw all the complaints and charges against you and build that broken wall myself. Don't worry. But only leave the thing there. That's hardly enough. I mentioned a few other expenses that this engine had brought on me. He agreed to pay for all that. When I again passed that way some months later, I peeped over the wall. I found the mouth of the well neatly cemented up. I had a sigh of great relief. So, this was the story, Engine Trouble. Have you ever received some kind of a gift or a prize in a lottery which you never wanted to keep and you have tried to pass it on to someone else? Except the Swimpa, please. <laughs> you can please share your comments and views about this concept called Kahani Cafe. If you are listening to this podcast on any of the handles, do press the bell icon or follow us and whichever modes you are following. Do subscribe to this channel to get the updates regularly. And what kind of stories you want to listen, you can definitely share it with us. I am Kahani Wala Rajat saying goodbye. I'll be back soon with one more story in this Kahani Cafe brought to you by Macmillan Education. Kahani Cafe. Kahani Cafe. Kahani Wala Rajat Kesat.